This podcast contains strong words and provocative ideas. If either offends you, turn off now, weirdo. Let me just quickly top up my iced Cleveland steamer. Mmm. Hello, my little croissantages. I'm Sonorant St. Wright. I used to direct movies and TV shows, but over the past 63 years, I've also been collecting literature-based erotica, or dirty stories, as the layman calls them. And I now own the world's largest private collection of these fictional sex-based texts. With this podcast, I've decided to share this legacy with you and pass on some of the finer works. And I also promise to read everything on the page, no matter how tasteless. So with the help of my beautiful cast, may I proudly present Erotica Verbatim. Now before we get to today's story, it's time to answer some viewer mail. This one is from a Jerry All Alone, who writes, I love your podcast, but I'm very lonely. I spend my nights crying and wondering where I went wrong. Is it my looks? My shyness? I've always been kind and caring, and I'm a great listener. I wonder if if any of your female listeners would be amenable to dating, or perhaps even just texting, so I won't be alone on those long, cold winter nights. Would you please, please share my email so they may contact me? Oh, well, I'm more than happy to do that, Jerry. <laughs> I'm guessing the sooner I do, the sooner you'll find love and transform all that sadness into love and happiness. Anyway, today's entry was found back in 1920 in a clay pot alongside the Dead Sea Scrolls. Technology has only recently been able to let us read it by analysing the iron filings it left behind on the crushed parchment. And it's been translated from the original Aramaic. So this might be the earliest example of a smutty spank story we've had yet. It's written by an anonymous 2,000-year-old sheep herder who called themselves Tickleclit Fluffpillow underscore 69. So men, grab your Anthony Jizzle rags and ladies some moist towelettes and settle back languidly for a hot little story entitled When God Hucked Up with Mary. T'was the Hebrew year 3793 and I was laying on a bale of Bethlehem hay smoking a joint of myrrh. Next to me, was Mary, the Jewish woman I'd been having a steamy affair with. She was engaged to be married to my best Jewish friend Joseph, who had no clue that every time he pulled a night shift, I pulled his fiancé. She took a hit off the myrrh. (coughs) Oh, that's some strong shit. Maybe I shouldn't be getting stoned now that I'm... uh, I'm... Spit it out. Pregnant. Whoa. Good for you guys. Joseph must be over the moon. It's not his, Judas. It's yours. He thinks I'm still a virgin. I was about to make my escape when suddenly the barn door flew open and there stood Joseph. Boy, was he pissed. Mary? Judas? What's going on here? Asked Joseph angrily. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're saying what it looks like, Joey. 
I said calmly. I looked at Mary and smiled. I had this. Well, me and the myrrh had this. My best friend laying on a bale of hay with my half-naked fiancé. What is it then? I placed my hand on Mary's belly and stroked it reverently. Mary was too frightened to tell you, so she asked me to check first. Mary looked at me quizzically, but I pressed on. Hey, Mary's pregnant, but before you overreact, it ain't no regular conception. She's been knocked up with God's niblet. Huh? Dude, she's pregnant with the Son of God. Yeah, that works. Oh, please. Are you telling me the great God Yahweh, the one and only God of Israel, except for the other few hundred we started off with but phased out quickly and no longer talk about, he singled out us? I looked at my joint for inspiration. Dude, I never been more serious. She was visited by an angel. Well, right, more of a holy ghost. No, 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 his name's, you know what, it doesn't matter. He visited the other night when you were working a late shift at the Matsubrai factory and he waved his hand over belly and said some abracadabra shit and suddenly she's in the pudding club. Like crazy, right? Uh, and there were three kings there too who'd followed a magical gumdrop in the sky. Ixne on the Noritelling stage. No, uh, the, uh, the ghost angel thing. He, uh, told her they'd be coming later. You know, some other night. Uh, she's messing up the story on account of the fact that, uh, she's so frightened. It was spooky as all fuck, Joey. Joseph looked at me angrily. But here's the thing about that guy. He's a rube. He has very little emotional intelligence, zero critical thinking abilities, and he'll believe any old shit if it made sense to his blinkered worldview. One of those guys who are convinced his feelings are facts when they're actually just stupid ego farts his brain made when he wasn't looking. Mary rubbed her belly and smiled at Joseph. Buckle up, Joey. We're having the son of God. Imagine how popular that'll make you at work. So if I'm the father... Stepfather. Stepfather of the son of God, do I get any say in what goes on in his story? In his Bible? Dude, whatever you want. Oh, man, I'm starting with shrimp then. Ban them. Ban the lot. They're a fucking abomination. Ugh, they're the cockroaches of the sea. Oh, love it. Man, Joey, I see you're going to use this power wisely. Thank Christ. Can you imagine if you was a misogynistic, racist, homophobe? Like I'd marry a violent, unforgiving nut job. The more I thought about it, the more I realized what a misogynistic, racist, homophobe, violent, unforgiving nut job he was. But hey, it wasn't like anyone else was going to believe this shit. If anything, the first thing they'd do is ask how gullible a guy has to be to think we weren't lying to him. You're also going to have to start going around calling it the year zero. I mean, it all reboots from now, dude. I don't want to sound selfish, but do I get anything out of this too? Hell yeah. You're going to be draped in jewelry and gold and uh, sitting by the right side of God. I mean, that's great, sure, but... Anything this side of the finish line, you know, like, while I'm still alive? Hey, you know it doesn't work that way. The check only clears when you're dead. But it's for eternity, which is like forever and ever 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 and ever. And, uh, ever. Man, this is awesome. I gotta go tell the guys at the matzo fry factory. 
Is anyone else gonna be fooled by this? Yay, is anyone else as gullible or as naive or as emotionally stunted as Joey? But you do realize that if Joseph ever finds out, he'll drag your name through the mud. So? Who else is going to believe that an entity that could create all of space and time would be sitting on a throne worried about the lives of the microbes inhabiting a speck of dust? You're telling me he's going to get more than, I don't know, ten people on his side? You're right. There aren't that many gullible randos in the world. (laughs) The End Oh, now this is why I love collecting erotica. For it's not just the sexual encounters that stay with you, but the unanswered questions too. Like, how does a religion built on the foundation of turning the other cheek transform into a cold, inhuman cult that won't be happy until the people they don't care for are driven out of existence? Oh, but I guess if you can change the race of your chosen messiah, you can do anything. Until next time, sweet dreams, my little croissantwiches. Mwah! You've been listening to Erotica Verbatim, created, written, and produced by Hayden Black. Edited by Joe Larigo, and starring Hayden Black, Sarah Oleksik, Sal Rodriguez, and Dr. David Robinson. If you had a laugh, please recommend us, and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.